There were two more murders 15 miles when away. When arrived, they found the telephone the electricity line. The weird described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Cup of murder. Unrequited love can drive a person insane. On September 10th, 1801, a man was executed after a woman mysteriously wound up dead. A woman who, depending on who you ask, did not return his affections. So, if you like your coffee hot, but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Jason Fairbanks, born on September 25, 1780, came from a prominent family in Dedham, Massachusetts. He grew up in the Fairbanks house, which today is the oldest wood frame structure still standing in North America, and was the cousin of Vice President Charles Fairbanks. When he was 12 years old, he was vaccinated against smallpox, got the disease, and was treated with mercury, causing his arm to paralyze and wither from the shoulder down. Because of this, he did so poorly in school that his parents suggested he find a trade rather than go off to college like he had planned. While some saw him as the victim of his disability, others said he was a spoiled brat who had a very poor attitude. This unlikable man then fell in love with a wildly loved, kind, and vivacious woman named Elizabeth Fales. Everyone liked Elizabeth, and it was no surprise that Jason would fall in love with a woman like her. But his love quickly turned into obsession, much to her family's distaste. And as for Elizabeth, there is debate amongst the stories about how she felt about Jason. Some say she was resistant in marrying him, that she really didn't care for him at all while others claimed she was head over heels for the man and could not wait to spend her life with him. Some accounts say her parents disliked Jason so much that they banned him from her home, a remark her father would later deny. And Jason, according to his friends, said he intended to marry Elizabeth and that if she refused, he would, quote, attempt her chastity. Basically, a lot of he said, she said that really can't be corroborated. Regardless, on May 18, 1801, whether by plan or by chance, Elizabeth and Jason found themselves in a nearby pasture around 1 p.m. Two hours later, Jason returned to the Fales home, covered in blood and holding a knife. He claimed that Elizabeth had completed suicide and that, though he tried to join her in death, he could not do so. When they found her body, she had been stabbed 11 times in the back and had a slice across her throat. Jason was also injured in a very similar manner and had been left at the Fales home to be given medical treatment. Once he recovered, this is what he had to say. In his version of the story, Jason produced a phony marriage certificate between the couple, marriage certificate between the couple that his niece had drawn up for him as a flirtatious joke. He then ripped up the paper saying that they would never marry, at which point Elizabeth slashed her own throat and began stabbing herself in the back. No one knew what to think, but they knew enough to arrest Jason Fairbanks and bring him to trial, which began on August 8, 1801. The prosecution, weaving their own story, claimed that Jason tried to force Elizabeth to marry him, and when she said no, he stabbed her to death. The defense, on the other hand, said that Elizabeth was so distraught that her family didn't approve of Jason that she stabbed herself that Jason was too weak, having use of only one arm, and in no way could have overpowered Elizabeth. They even proved that the stab wounds Elizabeth suffered from were at such an angle that she could have done it to herself. 
that Jason froze and watched her kill herself and, realizing what had just happened, attempted to take his own life as well. Three days and two hours of deliberation later, Jason Fairbanks was found guilty and sentenced to death. But Jason wasn't quite done making waves in the media. Just before his planned execution, Jason escaped from prison with the help of his brother, a cousin, a friend, and a nephew. A $1,000 bounty was placed on his head, and the nation became enthralled with his potential capture. The group attempted to make their way into Canada, but feeling invincible, decided to stop and eat in what is now Whitehall, New York, just hours away from freedom. It was there that they were noticed, and Jason was brought back to a more secure prison in Boston. This is where he sat until his execution on September 10, 1801, where about 10,000 people came to watch him hang. He was buried in the same cemetery as Elizabeth Fales. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on September 11th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime-obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, easy to listen to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again, and have a wonderful day. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.